Father, I pray that, that tonight we would just be able to see you for who you are, Lord. That we wouldn't hold back. We would understand in our hearts, God, maybe not with our minds, but with our hearts, what faith is. And that we would just put all of our faith in you. And just understand that, that we can trust you with every ounce of our being. And we don't have to know our future. That we just get the privilege of knowing you. And God, living here on this earth for just a short time. And then living with you forever. Lord, I pray that you would just help us to understand that. And God, may that bring joy to our heart. Or may that bring peace to our heart and purpose to our life. Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen. So what's really crazy is, is that I have the honor of being able to talk about this book, I guess, to other people. And I guess tonight I was just, I was sitting back there and I was thinking and I finally understood, like I just got a grasp on the fact that I'm just putting the truth that's in this book out for people to hear. And I don't have to do a good job or, you know, put a fancy spin on it. Because the truth of God's Word is what penetrates your heart. It's not anything that I would say. So it just brought peace to me because there's a burden and there's a pressure on you know, getting up here and talking about it because you want to make sure that everything you say is what God would want you to say in this truth. And uh, I just kind of felt like there was some... I was just kind of dealing with some lies in my head. Like, you know... Satan tell me, you've got to do better, you've got to work harder, and I just kind of, I'm not really sure where the voice comes from, but when I get by myself, and, and I've, you know, and it's not God's word in my mind, and, and I've just kind of got busy over the, over the period of the day, and, and I just haven't been thinking about God's truth, and His word hasn't been in my heart all day, I just, these lives come to my head, like, you know, like, you're not good enough, or... Why is your life so hard? Or why are you so tired? And all these kind of other different things. And they start playing a role in how you feel and how you react to God's Word because those are lies. And what God wants to put in your head is truth. What God wants to put in your life is truth. And so I just wrote some things down that I know from reading the Bible that this is truth. And I just have to tell myself these things all the time. Because if not, I just, I, I get overwhelmed, I get sad, or whatever it may be. And it's God's just like telling me, you have a good heart. God loves you, and he is proud of you. God is trustworthy. God is real. The craving 
for this world that is inside of you will never be satisfied, no no matter how much of it you get. In God, there is peace, forgiveness, and joy. In God, there is healing for all of your heart wounds. In Christ, there is life. In the world, there is death. Jesus has made me my true self. The dreams and convictions you have on your heart right now are worth following because God put them there. God's Word is fully truth and it will never lie. You don't understand God fully, but He understands you fully. You're not certain about how your life will play out, but God is. You don't love yourself as much as God loves you. God cares about what makes you sad. He works all things, even death, for your good. And He's looking forward to your coming to Him even more than you are. So tonight we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to be starting in verse 13. Um, And kind of the background behind this um, behind my heart behind this is uh, some of you were here when I preached two Sundays ago and that just sent a new just a new mindset to me it was just like totally different I just kind of looked at this passage of scripture in Colossians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 and it was just God was just shaping how I think And he was just telling me, he was reminding me that I have a new life. I don't just have new habits. I don't just have where I used to not go to church and now I do go to church. It's not just that. It's it's not just that I used to cuss and I don't cuss anymore. it's It's not surface level stuff like that. My new life is, is a changed heart. It was because I was not alive before and now I am alive. I have a new life because I was never alive before. And, and I'm just thinking like, man, because my heart is constantly heavy. And I'm talking right now, I'm, I'm speaking about this right now because I know that everybody in here is, is the same exact way. We have things on our hearts all the time. And, and, and people don't know about it. There's things that go through our minds and through our hearts and never really play out in life to where everybody else can see them. And so I'm just thinking about these things that play a role in our life, but no one ever knows about them. They're just in our hearts and they're just in our minds. And I have a new life. So there's new thoughts and there's new desires and there's a new way that I go about things. And it's different. It's different and it's hard and it goes against the grain and it's against what other people do and so you're going to look different. And so when I came to this passage, it was just like, man, it's so crazy how this book is so, like it flows so well, it's so continuous. There's, there's never a, a skip in the beat. There's, there's never from the Old Testament to the New, from a really weird book that we can't understand to a book like John, there's, there's so much continuity in it that it just like, it, it, this is how, that's how you know it's so real. It's like, man, that is so crazy how I can read one thing and then go to the next and this, it does not contradict itself. There, there's nothing, it's just adding on to it and it's just like, man, there's, and, and God's just shaping your thoughts and he's, he's changing the way you think. He's changing your life just by reading what you see and hear and it's just like, Wow. 
And I, I came to, to verse 13, which is just so happened to be what we were going to preach tonight regardless. And it says, and starting in verse 13, it says, All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on this earth. And so what we learned about last week is, is Sarah, and the week before that was Abraham and how God called them, Abraham and Sarah, to go to a, a new country. And they went without knowing where they were going. They went without really knowing what was going to be uh, their calling. And, and when they got there, God promised them that he would make, them, uh, he would make Abraham a father of many nations. And he promised Abraham a, a land, a, you know, the promised land. He said, look to the north and the south and the east and the west, and everywhere you see, that is going to be the land that I give to you. And so God made this promise to Abraham, and he made this promise to Sarah that she was going to get pregnant. She was going to have a child, and they would be the parents of many nations. And so that's where we come to. It's like hey, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what, they, that was, what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance. They did not receive the land. Abraham and Sarah did not receive the land, and they really did not see the, the many people, the many the sons and daughters that they were going to have, they were as numerous as the sands on the seashore and as numerous as the stars in the sky. They did not see that. That was not something that, that came to, to life in their lifetime. That's not something they could lay their eyes on, but they saw it from a distance because they listened to God's promise. They, God had placed a promise on their heart, and they believed it so fully that their life was dramatically and drastically changed to the point where they saw it in the distance and they were going to follow it, the conviction that they had on their heart, no matter what. And so they saw it from a distance and they welcomed it. And they agreed that they were nomads and foreigners while they were here on this earth. Why? Because they were different. They had a different calling on their life and they believed in God. They were going against the grain. They weren't going with everybody else. They looked different. Their life was changed. They had a new life. But what made them different? What made them foreigners and nomads while they were here on this earth? It was that they said yes. It says that they agreed that they were nomads and foreigners. They said yes. God called them and God laid a promise on their heart so strong that they were willing to follow it no matter what. And they said, yes, I will follow that. Yes, I will go wherever you want me to go. I don't care if I don't know where it's at. I don't care if I don't know how it's going to play out. But yes, yes. So my question to you tonight is what makes us not say yes to that? Because there's, I guarantee, every single person in here has felt God speaking to them, calling them to something, whether it's salvation or something after their salvation that's going to lead other people to Christ. I guarantee everybody in here has felt God speak to them. They've, they've felt the need for God in their life. What causes us to say no to that? What, what makes us not say yes to the calling he's put on our life? We say no because 
we love the life we're living now. Or maybe that we're scared of the unknown. Maybe scared of not knowing what's going to happen. Not knowing the certain details that are going in it. If we say yes, we lose all control. The world says to be certain of all your decisions before you make them. So we think by saying no, we're being wise. Because the world says, hey, high schoolers, where are you going after high school? What are you doing? You need to have a plan. You need to have a five-year plan, something, some kind of goal to reach, and you need to pursue that and just, you know, go after it at all costs. Whatever that goal that you set in your mind, I'm going to graduate college and, or whatever. So when people, when adults ask high schoolers, hey, what are you doing after high school? You know what 9% of them will say or know in their head? They don't know. Say, so, hey, what are you, where, where are you going to college? And 99% of the time, they're, they're either going to say, I don't know, or they're just going to give you a fake answer just so you'll shut up. They're going to say, well, I plan on getting my basics at uh, Gaston, Gaston State, and then I'm going to head on to Bama, to T-Town, and I'm going to get me a, a master's in, in uh, business administration. And it would give you some, some kind of answer because we want to know what's going to happen. We want to know a certain salary. We want to know, hey, where is my standard? How am I going to live? What kind of, you know, cars am I going to drive? Or how many kids am I going to have? What kind of house am I going to live in? Where, what city am I going to live in? And what's my family situation going to look like? We, we want to be certain about those things. We want to know who our husband or who our wife's going to be and how exactly how they're going to act. And we want to know, you know, just how we have to be with our husband and wives. We want to be certain of every little thing. And the world says that that's wise. The world says that, that you should have sex with your husband or wife just so that when you get married to them, you understand how that's going to be and you, you, know, you, you, know, you have that chemistry with them. Or you know, The world says to go ahead and start living with your husband or wife so you know, you know whether you're going to be able to survive in marriage because you, know, you don't really know what living with somebody else is like. You don't really know what that's like. So that causes a lot of divorces. So you might as well live with them now and then you know, break it off if it starts getting hard. The world says to be certain about everything. So that's why most of the time we say no to God, because when we say yes to God, it leaves certainty in the dust. And there's no certainty in following after God. There is, there, is no, there is no knowledge of what we are going to be. We have to go into it full-fledged trust mode. We don't know anything we are uncertain about everything, and we have no control over how we are going to be. We have no control of where we are going to live. If we say yes to God, that means that we're saying, heart, forget you. I'm going to follow after Christ. And then when we do that, we understand that we have to hold to our word, right? We say, God, I give you everything. And so now, when we make a decision where we are in control of our life, where we are going to know what's going to happen next, or so we think, then that makes us feel bad. So instead, we just say no. We say no to God. So my question is, what's holding you back? What's holding you back? 
quote from John Eldridge. He says, God rigged the world in such a way that it only works when we embrace risk as a theme of our life, which is to say, only when we live by faith. He's rigged the world in such a way that we can only live it with risk. That is to say that we lived it by faith. We don't know what's going to happen. Howard Thurman says, Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. And then United Pursuit Band says, I used to think that I could box you in, but I'm laying down all of my religion. You see, if you go into most churches in America, you walk in and you, you want to know, what is a Christian man like? And you go into that church without anything being said, what you see is that most Christian men are bored. Why? Because we want to live a life of certainty, a life that we can control, a life with a, a salary that we know is coming in every single We form our entire life around being safe and around going and, and having a retirement so we don't have to work after a certain... We form our entire lives around such things as that. And when we form our entire lives around being in control and being certain of things, we lose our life. Because that is not life. That is not how God created it. And boredom will kill you. Don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and go do that. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. You are only alive when you follow after Christ and you have faith in Him. It's that new life. It's that life that has not been there before. It was death. And now you, trusting and having faith in Christ, have come to a new life. And you trust in Him. And now you live by faith. And so it says, they agree that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. So I want to ask you a question. What is the point in your life? What's the point in it? Because if we live a life of certainty, if we understand and we try to control every step that we take so that by the end of this life, we will have a pretty good savings account and we'll have a house in the lake and be able to ride jet skis and, and you know, hang out with our family and have good Thanksgivings and good Christmases. When we plan our lives around that, what, what, what is the point? What's the, for every person in here, what's the point? When you think about your life, what's the point of your life? Because when you turn 80 years old and you have a good savings account, what are you going to be thinking to yourself? Oh, I did a good job. No, you're going to be thinking, what, what comes after this? That's what you're going to be thinking. What, what comes after this? Where do I go when I die? What, what's going to happen? Because when I die, what am I going to do? Just turn into dust? I'm just going to lay in a grave? Then what was the point in saving all that money? What was the point in having this car? Because I'm going to die in a couple of years, and I got that really nice car and a really nice car payment. 
What, what's the point? If you look down deep to your deepest desire and ask yourself what the point of this life is, it's that God designed you and made a plan specifically for your life to bring the hope. That hope is 11, chapter 11, verse 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. And that God designed you and made a specific plan for you, for your life, to bring that hope to everyone you encounter. That is the purpose of your life. So that when you leave this life, your hope, the hope you had in your heart, the fact that this land, earth, is not your home. It says, obviously, people who say those things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. We have a hope that this life is not it. These short 80 years that we think are so long when we're young, it's not it. We have 80 here and 80 billion, gajillion, trillion, zillion in eternity, forever. So you tell me which weighs out more. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's off the charts, and so what's the point in this, li- in this life is that you have that hope and that hope is going to fuel you to live the life of faith that you should live so that every person you encounter is receiving that same hope. Whether they take, at, they, whether they take it and live by faith or not is not up to you. It's just that they would see a hope because people are living without hope. They are living with, without hope that there's something after this. We have an idea that there might be something after this. There's an afterlife. But most people don't know the truth. And most people aren't living by faith so that that hope will be spread. The fact that, that we get to be with our creator forever, regardless of our sin, because he died for that. Because he nailed our sin on the cross and forgave us, we have a hope that we will get to live with him forever. And you know what he did to help secure that? He gave us our Holy Spirit so that we can live with confidence that this hope that is in our life, this hope that we live for is real. The Holy Spirit is a guarantee of your salvation. And for every person you encounter, that hope should be spread to them. And that is why you live by faith. What dreams are on your heart? What dreams and convictions and goals has God put on your heart? And now flip to the other hand and say, what has the world called you to be? The world has called you to live a life of certainty. So where are you going to go to college? What are you going to do? How many kids are you going to have? Or you can say, I don't care about all that. I don't, if I have 10 kids, I have 10 kids. If I have one, if I have none, I don't care because I don't know whether I plan on it or not. I don't know. So you might as well trust the one who has it all planned out for you and has your life in his hands. And when we live by faith in that, that hope that we have will fuel us to even go to the point of death and say, I don't care if I die. Because if I die, that'll just make my hope come to me sooner. That hope will become a reality sooner. 
the very last verse says, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. So my question to you is, where does your hope lie? And do you have hope? God may be calling you to live a new life. God may be calling you to trust in Him and put your faith in Him to give you a new life. And your heart may be pounding out of your chest right now. Because I remember, I remember the day. In fact, I completely forgot that June 2nd was seven years that I gave, since I gave my life to Christ. And I looked back, I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot my birthday. And so I, I'm just thinking like, I, I look back and, and I remember that moment when I was sitting on the beach and my life was like completely in shambles in my mind. I, I had no idea. And for me, the way my mind works, I have to know. I just, I have to know the truth. Like, if I don't have the truth and I'm not living for a purpose, I'm I'm shot. I'm done. Uh, You you can just, I'll throw the towel in. You might as well just consider me dead. Because if I don't have a purpose and and if I'm not living for something, I'm nothing. I'm just, I'm depressed. I'm a depressed little kid who's lost his way. That's seriously what I am. And when I forget my hope sometimes, when I forget that Christ has died for me and he's given me a new life, that's exactly what I turn into again. But I was sitting there on the beach, and I was, I was depressed. I had no way. I didn't know where to go. I didn't, have, I didn't have security in my life. I didn't know what this life was for. I didn't have a purpose. So I'm on the beach by myself. I'm just sitting there, and I see the ocean. I'm just like, wow. I am struck with humility, humility that I have never in my life felt before. I was this little, but I felt so vulnerable and so at peace. And I looked out there, and as far to the left that I could see, and as far to the right and far out as I could see, was nothing but ocean. And I had been listening to the gospel being shared to me for over a year now, and I still didn't understand it. I'm like, what is going on? I don't understand this. But one thing I did know is that God was so big that he could hold that ocean that was right there in front of my eyes in his hands. And that ocean that could swallow me whole, could kill me if I, if I got stuck out there in a couple of days, he holds that ocean in his hands. And I figured if he can hold the ocean in his hands, he can hold my life. And I just felt him speak to me like, give me your life. I'm here. Everything's going to be okay. I'm right here. I'm your heavenly father. You can be my child. You can be forgiven. And I will love you more than you love yourself. I will take care of you when you don't know what's going to go on. I will, I will give you joy in your deepest depression. I will give you life when you feel like you're dead. I will give you everything that you need, Keith. I, don't worry about anything. I'm here. I'm right here. And it just all flowed in at once. And I'm like, God, I need you. And I love you. I want you so bad. And right when I said that, I felt my heart change. It was like my heart was totally different. And I walked away. Actually, I sat there for a minute. And I tried to soak it all in. And I couldn't. And my best friend came up to me. And he was crying. And this dude is hard 
core. Like, I almost got in a couple of fights before in my life, but I didn't because of this guy. And he's not the strongest guy in the world, but as Kenny says, crazy beats strong. This dude is nutso. And he is, he is hardcore. Like, he ain't, I've never, he almost killed a dude. Like, he hit him one time, and I thought the dude was dead. Like, this dude came up to me crying and gave me a kiss on my cheek. And he was just so convicted by God. And I was just sitting there, and I was like, you did it to me, and you're doing it to him. You're real. Like, this dude, this is real. Like, this is real talk. Like, I can trust this for the rest of my life. And I, I committed myself to never going back to my old self. And I said, God, I want to follow you for the rest of my days because there is no peace in this world like you offer. And so I walked away, and the very next day, it was still there. It wasn't just an emotion. Seven years later, it's still there. How about that for hope? That I can call on him any time, any day, when other people are sleeping, when Kenny, the person I talked about deep stuff, when he's asleep and he can't listen, when he's sick or if he dies, God is still there. I can call on him whenever. He is always there. He is security. He is certainty. He is the control of your life. You don't have to have that because he is that. And so you put your trust in him. And that is why he is not ashamed of being your God. Because you live this life with hope in him. And he says, I'm not ashamed of you because you're bringing this same hope that I'm offering the whole world. You're bringing that hope to every individual that you encounter. And now they get to experience me too. That brings joy to God's heart. The fact that we enjoy him and trust in him. And he just way more than we long for him. The fact that, okay, so I read a church sign on the way to uh, somewhere in Piedmont today. And it said that every day above ground is a good one. I'm like, how about that? That's not true. You know, you'd be like, hey, man, how you doing? I'm alive. I'm, I'm making it. I'm here. I'm like, I just thought about that today. I'm like, that ain't true. Every day above ground is a good one? No, it ain't. It is not. I have a lot of bad days. And just because you alive, now listen here. If I'm dead, I'm better. That's what I wanted to say. Like, how you doing? I'm good. I'm here. Well, I'm bad. I'm here. Like, how am I, I going to say that now when people say, how are you doing? But I'm thinking, when I die, that's when I'll be my best. I don't want to be here anymore. Not that I hate my life, but I'm longing to be with him. I'm longing to be in his presence, in perfection, in complete peace. But for now, when I live this life, I live it for Christ. Because I have the hope that I want other people to experience what I'm experiencing. That longing for heaven, that longing to be with Jesus, I want them to have that same thing. And God longs for you way more than you long for him. He cannot wait to show you the place he has prepared for you. That, brothers and sisters, is an off-the-charts kind of love. The fact that he would forgive us of our sin and make us co-heirs of his perfect son, we inherit 
the kingdom of God. Instead of dying with no purpose and dying forever, we get to live forever. So, how about you? Do you have that hope? Do you have that hope inside of your heart that you can call on God anytime? And do you have that longing in your heart to be with Him? Do you know that He loves you? And guys, do you know that He's proud of you? Do you know that He is pleased with you because He sees you as He sees His Son? Do you have that hope? Because our Heavenly Father, I mean, our, our fathers on, on this earth will let us down, but our Heavenly Father will not, and He is always proud of us when we put our faith in Him. So do you have that hope? If you do not have that hope, and your heart is churning right now, say yes. That's all I did. All I did was say yes. And you say, here you go. You can have it. I don't want my life. It's yours. I don't care about certainty. I have you. Will you do that? Will you continue to live this life by faith? Do you have that hope in your heart? Follow the conviction that is on your heart. Follow the dream that God has put on there because that is how he's going to spread the hope that you have in your heart. If you live your life full of certainty, you'll lose it. That hope will not be spread if you don't follow after what he's telling you. Hey, I want you to do this. I want you to follow after me. And it's going to be real life. And the the people you encounter, they're going to have real hope. Follow after that conviction. Follow that, that dream that God has implanted on your heart. Follow it. And if you don't have hope, get it. Just say yes. So um, we're going to sing a couple of songs. And if you need to talk to somebody, you can talk to me. If you want me to pray with you, I can pray with you. Or if you need to, if you feel more comfortable talking to Kenny, uh, I would recommend it. I like talking to him. He's a good listener. But I just feel like there's somebody in here who feels like I did and they just want God and they just need to say yes so we're going to sing a song and I just invite you to respond or talk or do something don't don't let that that thing in your heart don't let it go away it, it, it's real it, it matters so just just follow after that and say yes so I'm going to pray Father, I just want to thank you for being so real. And I want to thank you for loving me so much, for loving all of us, that you would die on the cross for us and then implant in us a a new heart, one with new dreams, God, with a new life, And that you would give us the strength to live out that faith. God, I pray for someone who is struggling here. God, if they're a Christian and they're just wondering, how do I know what's next? 
and, and they just realize that they just need to trust in you, God, I pray that they would just humble their heart. They would just let their heart be open to you and be vulnerable to you and just let you in so that you can comfort them. God, I pray that you would just give them peace. Going to college and, and their career and, and going back to school next year, God, what they're going to do even in this summer, I pray that they would just give it to you and they would let you in, Lord. And for the person who's struggling with like, I, I don't know if God is real and I don't have a hope in this life and I'm wondering what it's about and I'm wondering what, am I, what does my life mean? God, I pray that they would just say yes to you and they would say, I trust you and I live by faith in you. Lord, I pray for that. And God, I fully expect it. God, I, I, I've just been, God, I've been longing to see someone to see someone go from an old life, God, death, and then come to life and then truly be in awe of you, God. I've just been longing to see that, to see that someone has truly been changed by your gospel. I pray that for the person in here who is longing for that too, they're longing for a new life, I pray that they would do that tonight, that you would continue to speak to them. Lord, it's in your name we pray. Amen.